0: Good morning, everybody. Thank you to Christine for leading us in worship, and also she's got a fantastic response song after this sermon as well, so please uh, be uh, ready to listen to that afterwards. Um, We're starting a a new four-part, for obvious reasons, mini-series called Four Gospels. Uh, Remember, gospel means good news, so it's four pieces of good news. So four gospels, one Jesus. And over the next four weeks, uh, you'll see uh, Tom and I taking a, a gospel And looking at the character who wrote the gospel and then picking a piece of a passage from that gospel that we just want to explore a bit more. Uh, Why four gospels, one Jesus? Well, uh, if you're a football fan, uh, a bit of new new stuff that came in recently is VAR. Uh, It stands for Video Assistant Referee. Some people love it. Some people hate it. So whereas before it was left to the linesman or the referee to make a kind of a final decision, was someone offside, did the ball go over the line, that sort of thing. If there's a kind of a doubt, they can call for VAR and uh, the TV cameras pick up what happened and it sees exactly what went on. And the reason I'm saying that when we talk about four gospels one Jesus is the VAR there's been instances where I thought no way was the offside no way was that a foul no way did the ball cross the line but then when I saw it from a different perspective uh, the truth hit me and what when we look at each gospel it can sometimes give us a different perspective of sometimes the same story so we'll look at a gospel in turn each time this morning i'm going to look at the first gospel of matthew tom is going to take the next two mark and luke and i'll finish with john and and also excitingly i want to tell you is that after that we've got another four week series so these series are short and punchy but that four week series is really preparing us as we begin to move uh, to open uh, our buildings and getting ready uh, for what that means um so, some uh, Perry Street we're hoping will be uh, open by then, but we don't want to just rush in as if Covid and pandemic and the hurt, pain, suffering, and upheaval that caused didn't happen. We are coming out of things, that is really exciting. We are looking forward to opening up our buildings, but we do need to recognize the pain, the hurt, also the opportunities of what God has been doing and saying. To so we'll have four weeks on that as we lead into the summer. So that's lots to look forward to and I hope you're encouraged. We are and we're looking forward to bringing those messages to you. Now, as I said, each week we'll look at the character of the writers, what we can learn about them and also a particular passage from that gospel. And we're asking God to show us what he is saying to us now as we're preparing to gather again. And obviously, taking one gospel uh, a week when it's not exhaustive, but it is short and punchy. So let's start uh, with Matthew. Matthew, otherwise known as Levi, Uh, Levi and Matthew are interchangeable, they mean the same thing. Written uh, somewhere between AD uh, 60 and 65. And the purpose of Matthew's Gospel, the emphasis of Matthew's Gospel, was it had a, he was thinking about a particular audience. It doesn't mean we can't read it as well and learn from it, but he was thinking, uh, he was a Jew himself, and he was thinking about the Jewish audience. Um, and he was really trying to uh, show them that Jesus is the Messiah. He was notably linking the prophecies between the Old Testament and the New Testament, of which there's over 320 He's one of the 12 disciples. Before he was called, he wasn't liked. He was a tax collector, uh, taking money from his own people to give to the Romans. He was despised. Uh, People wouldn't have given him second thought, yet Jesus calls him. Jesus sees him and he calls him. His life is transformed. He's changed by Jesus and he's writing now to his own to show that Jesus is the Messiah. It means the anointed one that the Old Testament had promised. Matthew starts with the whole history of the, of the bloodline of Jesus, the genealogy of Jesus, his birth, his childhood, the family as they escape to Egypt and then return to Nazareth, as was prophesied. Uh, he tells, shows us how Jesus was baptized, shows us how he went into the desert and defeats evil and Satan. He begins his ministry, chapter 4, 12 to 25, 46, is all about the ministry of Jesus, shows us how he calls the first disciples, Matthew being one of them. Chapters 5 to 7, often often called the greatest teaching ever, the Sermon on the Mount. He teaches his followers so much, and even when there's opposition, he spoke about his death and resurrection. He always had his mission uh, in his mind. And then finally we get to the final days, there's the Last Supper, there's Gethsemane, There's betrayal by Judas, there's Peter's denial, there's his trial, his death and burial and it's a dark, dark time. But of course we know it doesn't end there, he rises, he proves he was who he said he was. The resurrection happened, his body's not ever been found since, he is the Messiah, he has conquered death. And Matthew ends, and we're going to start with his call, But he ends with the Great Commission where Jesus, the last recorded words that Matthew writes about Jesus, telling his followers to carry on his work, making more disciples or followers and change the world. Jesus, Matthew is saying, Jesus is the Christ. He is the Messiah. He is the King of King. He is the Lord of Lords. And there's only one response. You are to make him Lord of your life. How do we do that? Sounds easy. Some ways it is. Firstly, I want to say to you, if you've not made him Lord of your life, look now. Look now to these Gospels, listen to this series, come speak to any of us on the leadership or your Christian friend and commit to make Jesus Lord of your life. He is real, he is alive and he calls you. I've been speaking about open arms, he's calling you in and his call is to follow him. And for the rest of us, I don't know about you, COVID has given me plenty of time to just Think about things, reevaluate what's really important, what's not important, what what am I losing sleep over, who am I losing sleep over, and in the same way that COVID is a reevaluation, maybe for the rest of us it's a time to just to look and to think and to pause and reevaluate our Christian walk. Where have I not made Jesus Lord of my life? How do we do it? It's somewhat, it's, the Christian walk can be challenging, but it, it's actually easy. What I mean is, the Christian walk isn't easy, but the decision to follow Jesus is easy. It's simple. Its call is to follow Me. Now, interestingly, looking at Matthew's Gospel, I'm going to leap over to Mark's Gospel um, ahead of uh, ahead of Tom. Tom next week, week you'll hear him look at Mark, and he'll be talking about go and tell. Uh, but for the time being, I'm just going to go early in Mark's Gospel, chapter two verse 13 to 17, and it show, the reason I'm going there is it's telling us how Matthew is called. And in Mark's gospel, he's called Levi, but the two, as I said at the beginning, names are interchangeable. Levi is another name for Matthew, and this is what it says in Mark chapter 2, verse 13 to 17. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. You see, Jesus looks at Matthew, he's despised, or Levi, he's despised. And uh, the thing we see here is, as he walks along, he saw Levi. He saw him. And when he sees him, he says, follow me. And these simple two words, follow me, this is the call of Matthew, who writes Matthew's Gospel, words of Jesus to you, the call of Jesus to you and to me. It's simple, it's all-encompassing. Everything else is wrapped up in these two words, follow me. That's what Jesus says about himself. He points to himself, follow me. Matthew's the tax collector. He's booth. He's despised. His own people don't like him. Jesus sees him. He sees the sin. He sees the mess. He sees the muck. It's just as he has in me. And he says, follow me. Jesus called Matthew. Jesus calls you. And when he calls you, he calls all of you. All of you, every part of your being. As we come out of lockdown, I've looked at my own spiritual life. I've looked at my own walk with Jesus. And there's been areas, had I really given them over? Probably not. And it's a time to reflect and say, Jesus is saying, follow me. Where am I not following him? Where am I holding on to things, thinking I know best? He calls Matthew, he calls me, he calls you, but he wants all of you. As we come out of lockdown, look at the reaction that Levi Matthew did. Jesus calls him. It says he got up and he followed him. No ifs, no buts. We're not. I don't know if that was immediate. It seems like it was. But what it what it shows is there was action. He got up. He was ready to leave what he had, and he followed Jesus. His action was one of devotion. It meant a lot. It means he started his Christian journey. The the first uh, followers of Jesus. We call followers of Jesus now Christians, uh, but actually they were called followers of the way. Jesus was the way, the truth, and life. He was known as the way. So we're followers of the way. So we're followers of Jesus. And some people see their Christian walk. Less of following, but more of adhering. And what I mean by that is they look at the Bible, they see the rules and the regulations and the ought to's. And of course, that, that is in there. But they're reading it from the wrong perspective. Let's get the VAR out. Let's see it from a different perspective. Isn't it more of a life saying, follow me? What about this? Follow me. What about that? Follow me. I'm not sure I can give that over. Follow me. I want to give you everything I have. Then follow me. Matthew wasn't like some of the other 12 that were called, many of them fishermen. Fishermen, they can go back to their livelihood. He was a tax collector. His own people didn't like him and he left his job didn't give much notice. There was no going back. He left his career and followed Jesus. He answered Jesus's call. Jesus says, follow me. Matthew, Levi gets up and follows him. So for me and for you, it means right now it takes action. It takes action and determination. It means truly following, not only the bits I like, not only the bits I agree with, truly following. And that can be costly. His teaching sometimes is difficult. His ways are challenging. But it gives me freedom to not be swayed by the matters of the world. To say, what really, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus say? I said the other week, Christ is in us. We have his spirit in us. So therefore, we want that spirit to come out. It means that I give him my desires. If I look at my desires, well, should I follow those? Follow Jesus, the, the things in my marriage? Follow Jesus. The things in my relationship? How do I, what do I do about them? How am I supposed to respond to people? Follow Jesus. What about the church? How do I behave in the church? What do we, what, how are we supposed to operate? Follow Jesus. What about my finance and my possessions? Follow Jesus. What about sexuality and confusion? Follow Jesus. What about loving others? Sometimes that's hard. Follow Jesus. What about loving God with all my heart, mind and soul and strength? Yet yeah, sometimes I've neglected that. Okay, stop. Follow Jesus. What about loving each other? That's a challenge because there are people that annoy me. Follow Jesus. He says, follow me. And he wants all of us. You know, years ago, I gave, half-heartedly gave my life to Jesus, so I kind of put my hand up in a service a little bit surreptitiously, kind of head down, I was red in the face and and really, for the next five years, I was like a chameleon. I was trying to do all the thing, keep the rules and everything else, but it was half hearted and you know it 's such hard work, it was such hard work and then five years passed, and I remember speaking to my pastor at the time, and he said in it 's you're either in or you're out it's almost like you know the tv series one foot in the grave i can't have one foot in one foot out i'm either in or i'm out i'm either going to follow jesus or i'm not there's no point me calling him lord and then not doing some of the things that i know he wants me to do he isn't lord if that's the case and i decided to become a committed follower of jesus and i got baptized and you know the chameleon side it's still there sometimes but it really did. He really did a work and it dropped off. And you know, life was less stressful trying to be two different people depending on what circumstances I was in. I became a follower of Christ. Let me tell you, I've tried it. Half-hearted Christianity doesn't work. It's confusing. It means you can bend things. It means you, you can uh, go off the path. It means you're trying to twist scripture to make it suit what you want. It's it's saying all the nice things about Jesus, maybe ignoring some of the harder things. Half-hearted Christianity doesn't work. Jesus says, follow me. I have questions. Most often asked question on Alpha is why the suffering? We've got a loving God. There are answers to that. They're not glib. Um, We're in a fallen world. There is evil. God will bring the curtain down one day, but there's suffering. I've seen people, we've got our own family, a loss of life through covid I've got questions why it's on there, although the Bible does speak about viruses and pesticides. There's challenges in life. I haven't got all the questions answered, but I do know this. Whatever happens, whatever happens, Jesus says, follow me. And that's what I choose to do. And that's the only way to real life in all its fullness. My call was to follow him in my journey that meant I gave up a career I remember thinking could I wait a bit my career's going okay maybe I'll wait till I retire and do it that way but I wouldn't that wasn't my call my call was an urgency and it was good that I did Jesus says follow me so I followed him and it's been an exciting journey Jesus says follow me Levi Matthew got up and left the Christian walk can be difficult Jesus says follow me it can be great follow me In my decisions, my relationships, God, lifestyle, my heart. Jesus says, follow me. It's a journey. It's a life. Following him, I had a conversation a few weeks back with another Christian. And they were just saying, it's so hard sometimes, isn't it? And it's so easy not to be a Christian sometimes. I said, yeah, but it wouldn't be fulfilling. And I said, you've got got to go beyond the rules and the regulations. Of course, if if you're only looking at it as a rule book, you've missed it. It's a message of love. It's a message of a life, of a life lived. I said, just follow him. What about, I said, as soon as you say what about, I'm going to say to you, just follow him. Just follow him. What does he say? Follow him. This journey, this life of following, that's how you make him Lord of your life. Going back to the question at the beginning. King of kings, Lord of lords, how do we make him that? Follow him. That's what making him Lord of your life means. And as we return to a gathering together of a, of a sense of renewal, Take time out and think about, even in the past week, what have you not given over? Is he Lord of your life? He's not if there's things you haven't given over. He's not Lord. He's Lord of some of it, not all of it. And the passage I want to speak about, you might not be surprised at this, is the Great Commission. We've started at the beginning uh, of the Gospel, if you like, and i jumped into Mark. We've got the call of Matthew. And now we've got the last recorded words of Matthew in his Gospel for Jesus. It's to great commission. As I say, Tom next week will be uh, talking about Go and Tell, finally, uh, about, um, about Jesus. Uh, but before we move on to that, let me re-emphasise, think about it. Jesus is Lord. What does he say? He says, follow me. What am, I not, what am I doing that's not following him? It's a real litmus test. Go into the garden, take the word, pray, ask, let the Spirit speak to you. So at the end of this gospel is a great commission. Uh, so let me read from Matthew twenty-eight sixteen 16 to 20. This is a passage that I've picked from uh, uh, Matthew. Uh, we've heard a bit about Matthew. We've heard about, you know, really got up and just followed him and the lessons we can learn from that. This is now his last uh, recorded words that we have in Matthew's gospel of Jesus. So Matthew 28, verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. You know, there's loads of mission statements out there, isn't there? Um, I, I'm a, I, I used to be a Star Trek fan, really the old stuff from the 60s. Uh, James T. Kirk, he was, he was the man for me, and, but I'm a bit older. And um, there was, there was a, a strap line there right at the beginning in the opening credits, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Jesus did that to the cross. Uh, but G, you, know, you can have whatever mission statement you want, this is the mission statement of the church. Jesus leads the way, He'd done no, what no one else had done, we have our strategies and our statements, but this is the war cry. This is Jesus' mission statement to the church. This is his words that he said were about. And Matthew's gospel, this is ending, this part is said on a mountain. Uh, It began on a mountain, its midpoint was on a mountain, and now its end is on a mountain with what's called the Great Commission. The Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5 to 7 of Matthew's Gospel, tells us about the lifestyle Jesus asked us to live. It's a radical lifestyle, and it's a radical character, but he says, follow me. The Transfiguration on the Mount shows us who Jesus is. He was a radical person who we follow, and now we have the Great Commission on the Mount shows us his worldwide mission, a radical mission statement for the church. And Matthew recalls the end of Jesus' time on the earth. He's proclaiming the war cry, the battle cry, ultimately our mission statement. He's saying, now, over to you. You, We've heard about how you make Jesus Lord of your life. We've been walking with Jesus, and now he's passing the baton to you. But he's not leaving you on your own. Verse 20, he says, I am with you in this. I am with you always, always. So the first thing is we worship him. When people met Jesus, when they understood who he was, they worshipped. He had authority. Matthew's gospel tells us he taught as one who had authority. Um, In in chapter 8, he showed uh, authority in deeds, not just words. Um, He had God's authority to forgive sins. He had authority because of who he is. This is the Messiah. This is the Christos. This is the anointed one. And he says in 28.18... All authority, because of all of that, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. So therefore, we give him our rightful place in our lives. He is King of kings, Lord of lords, and he says, follow me. He is the one who has authority. And we worship him, whether it's on a Sunday or Wednesdays, home groups, privately, whole life discipleship is our act of worship. And it's because of who he is, because of all that authority, he says, therefore, verse 19, as his disciples, as his followers, because of who he is and who we are, he says, therefore, it's time to go out in mission and have an outward focus. Go and make disciples. Go and make followers. Maintenance isn't enough. COVID has shown us how flexible and dynamic churches can be. The way they had to um, redesign the way they spread the good news, the gospel message, This is why we want to invest in our digital offering moving forward. Because we know we're going to gather again. But equally, we know we're hitting a wider audience. We feel like we're helping fulfil the Great Commission in this this more global world that we live in. And he says, doesn't he, verse 19, make disciples, make followers. When he says, follow me, how do I know if I'm a follower? It will be if I'm following him. It's pretty simple. Not converts. You won't find that word in the Bible. And churches across the country are full of people have converted but their lives are not showing evidence of it they're not followers he's not truly lord they're like how i was in my early days back in 1995 until i got baptized in 2000 finally jesus is lord he said to me get baptized i got baptized i'd held off for so long and i was willing then to be a committed follower to say he is lord and i want to follow him i'm taking up his call so I got baptised, and he says, baptised, and verse 19 represents that, that new life. It's biblical. It's the example of Jesus. He was baptised. His followers were baptised. If you're a Christian and you haven't had uh, baptism, get baptised. It's the first sign of saying I'm a follower of Jesus. He says, repent, believe, be baptised, you'll be filled with the Spirit. I'm going to follow you, Jesus. Get baptised. Now, I don't want to do that bit. Will you not? Then I'm not following him. I've not made him Lord. It means confessing our relationship with Jesus. Our knowing Jesus it from, is the now the most important thing to us. It means now we're living for him. He is Lord. I'm going to follow him. It means I'm, I'm becoming like him as I die to myself. And it means that I live now for him. And I live now and I will never truly die. And I'll have that power of a risen life. Jesus is Lord. It could be you're a new believer. And you're thinking, I, I wanna, I'm hearing his call, follow me. It's the first thing you do, come and see us, we'll baptise you. Because if he's Lord, he says, get baptised. It's your first act of saying, yes, he's Lord. Let's get baptised and demonstrate this new life together. We'll be back in building soon. I'd love to have an early baptismal service. And then uh, discipleship, verse 20, make disciples. Discipleship, uh, I've said before, it's like apprenticeship. He is our teacher. Uh, we are the students we're journeying together under the lordship of christ it should be with love and respect i have to say sometimes it's not but it should be sometimes we're not making Him lord of our lives sometimes we're not following him as anger as discord it means we journey together with jesus with each other we grow together uh with sunday the dg groups home groups whatever prayer groups whatever way that is but it's growing it's growing and it's becoming more like him and saying jesus is lord i'm going to follow him And all of these things represents Christ's standing orders for his church. A lot of churches out there don't preach the Great Commission often enough. They're quite happy with the way they are, not us. Uh, There's a whole dying world out there and we're, we're keen to reach them. It's not only about Alpha courses. It's not only about inviting them to the next event. It's about you and me making Jesus Lord of our lives. And if COVID has taught us anything, means you can make a difference to your neighbour, to your street, to the person walking down the high street. You can make a difference. Sometimes it's just saying, I'm a follower of Christ. And it's, that's the way to be. That's true life. You can give them four or five spiritual laws of salvation if you want and show them the rule book. And of course, there is discipleship. But really, it's just about following him. What about this? Well, I follow him. What about that? Well, I follow him. We don't want to be happy to be converted, but not grow. And of course, finally, there's a promise in verse 20. You know, This gospel uh, begins very early, chapter 1, verse 23, Immanuel. It means God with us. And then right at the end of Matthew's gospel, in verse 20, closes that he's going to be with us still. I'm with you to the very end of the age. God is with us as we go about sharing the good news of what it means to make Jesus Lord, what it means to say, follow him. He calls you, he embraces you, follow him. The power of the Holy Spirit, part of the Trinity, has been given to us to enable us to do that. But we can rebel, but then we're not making Lord of our lives. So the challenge to finish is really think about it as we come out of lockdown, as we're really excited about things, who really has the authority in your life? Are you still holding on to things? Or are you really looking at what the word says and say, okay, even though sometimes... I, I might not understand it, even though sometimes um, I, I just don't get it, I'm going to follow him. Will you take your mission seriously, inviting people along to the services, let them hear this good news, walking with them, prepared to invest in them, not making them your ladies project, everyone spots that, it's being, just being, being a follower of Jesus, introducing someone else to that way of following. Is there a question of baptism in your life? Will you be like me? Oh, uh, well, I'm I'm a, I'm a convert. Um, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus. Well, you're going to get baptised. No, I'm not ready for that yet. If I'm a follower of Jesus, I want to be a follower of Jesus. You're ready to be baptised. Will we make disciples followers and be discipled? As we return, a refocus, we're determined as leaders to do this, a biblical discipleship. Jesus is Lord. You come to us with something, we're going to look at what it says, say, well, he is Lord. And, and, And as painful sometimes as it is, with all the different messages that the world throws at us, we have to say, Jesus is Lord. And have a think about it. Don't see this as rules and regulations. Don't have a dead faith that's just law. But think about it more that when we break his, when we break his word, we're breaking his heart. And that's relationship. Not just the rule book. Where well, I'm not really giving it over, I'm breaking his heart he died for me, died for you. You're going to hear a song now that Christine's going to to lead us in, Guardian. And I love some of the words, well, all of the words, but it's good just to sum up at the end of this, as you commit, and I implore you to commit to make Jesus Lord of your life and to follow him. Get up and follow him. He's the king of love and grace. He goes before you. He's beside you. You're in his hands. He's going to be your guide. What must you do? You must trust and obey and walk by faith. It is tough. It is tough being a Christian sometimes. um, But it's great. And it's a great challenge. I think everything that's really worthwhile can be difficult. And sometimes it is difficult. The word disciple, does it derive from discipline? Sometimes it takes discipline. But look at this as a way of life, this book. This holy, sacred book, collection of books, it's a way of life. It always points to Jesus. It always points, even in the Old Testament, it points forward to the Messiah. The New Testament reminds us who he is. And and as we go on, reminds everybody what he did. And, And because it all points to him, he's the one who can truly say, Get up and follow me. God bless you.